Welcome in, I'm your host, Darren Hobbs, alongside me, Trey Watson. You're listening to From the Nosebleed, where we give you the true fans' perspective and analysis on all things Titans. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, at FTNB Podcast. Alright, Trey, how the heck are you? Pretty solid. Good to hear, good to hear. Well, um, we've got a lot to talk about, obviously. Um, dude, Titans pulled off a W. Titans pulled off a W. Seems like... A cold day in hell, to be honest, but uh, hey, I mean, you got to get it done eventually. Every blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, right? Yeah, I mean, and I mean, really, the Titans in this case pulled a victory from the jaws of defeat, whereas <laughs> we are used to p- pulling a loss from the jaws of victory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and um, we're going to get into this a little later, but I mean... This is a type of game that the Titans need to get used to winning if things are actually going to change. If Malarkey is going to be the guy, if things are going to improve, fans need to get used to these kind of wins. We need to expect to win a 50-50 game, an ugly game, which is what this game was. Um, we're going to break it down. We're going to get into the stats. And, but, I mean, dude, just what an ugly game i mean almost unwatchable if you're not a fan yeah, up until the last drive we were, we were talking about as the uh end of the, the game was coming to a close we were both talking about how the first three quarters of this game were virtually unwatchable until the fourth quarter and obviously we uh came back with a spectacular fourth quarter drive to win the game yeah i mean like really it was just kind of like a bad car accident that you couldn't look away from uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're not a fan of the Titans or the Lions, you were not tuned into that game because it was yeah. so ugly. I think, I think um, NFL released uh, released a little press release. Both of the all of the refs from that game have been uh, treated for arthritis due to the severe number yeah. of flags that they had to throw. Um, Carpal tunnel they received after the game. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, let's go ahead and dive into a segment that we're going to call What We Saw. We'll do this every week, every show. Basically, each of us are going to just kind of break down a key element of the game that we thought was crucial. Um, I mean, I'll go ahead ahead and start it. Um, The Titans finally finished a game. Uh, Like we've alluded to before, (laughs) recently we haven't seen the Titans do that. But we finished the game, and we finished the game playing the style of football I think the Malarkey wants to play. This exotic, exotic excuse me, smash mouth system. Um, you don't see a whole lot of yards on the stat sheet as far as the run game, but I mean, Trey, I know as you're about to allude to, the run game and the running backs in general really sparked this victory. Um, and I think this team, this team needs to realize that these wins aren't, I mean, you're not just going to blow a team out. This is the NFL. This is competitive. Um, you're going to have to grind out some of these gutsy wins, and that's exactly what it was, 92 yards on the final drive. Mariota, who I think kind of just looked middle of the road um, most of the game, looked uh, looked spectacular. He looked like the what a face of the franchise should look like in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, it will end, for me, another... Another good example is our offensive line came to play when it was time to put up or shut up, right? I mean, Mariota has had been sacked two or three times during the uh, during the game already, 
but then on the final drive they they found it in them to come together and really um, make sure to protect Mariota. Yeah, and I mean, I looked kind of back at the pro football focus um, grades, and the offensive line by far graded out as the best unit for the Titans. Um, and on the, on the three sacks, um, Mariota is honestly kind of a fault on all of those. You know, he held the ball too long. Uh, the yeah. line can only protect for so long, and you got to get rid of the ball or move. you got to make a decision. So he needs to be better on third down. Um, but towards the end of the game, he was better. So that's something you like to see is growth and development, not only, not only week in and week out, but throughout a game. Uh, yeah, that's something uh, me and you talked about earlier today, I think, about um, something like on those three sacks, Mariota was holding the ball an average of 3.9 seconds in the pocket. Yeah, that's way too long. you got to get rid of yeah, that. Yeah, way, way too long. I mean, that's that's an eternity in, in in football. You can't hold the ball that long in the pocket. Yeah, I mean, you can only expect your offensive line to hold off these beasts trying to come and kill you for so long, right? Yeah. So, um... That, that's what I saw this week. Trey, what did you see? I saw DeMarco Murray. Ever since it came out that we trade or didn't really trade, but we um, got him from the Eagles, I was 100% on board. I was ready. I, this is the guy. This is the guy that's going to bring a veteran mentality and mindset to our team this is going to be a well and after we drafted Derrick Henry this is going to be a great guy for Henry to sit behind and watch and this game was just the ultimate showing for him and you might say Trey what do you mean ultimate showing I mean he only had 12 carries for 84 yards and the majority of that was a 67 yard carry in the second quarter but I mean still I mean I mean, you can critique that all you want. I mean, back when CJ 2K was running for 2K, I mean, he was doing the same thing. There were a lot of games where he was kind of getting stuffed at the line, stuffed at the line, stuffed at the line, and then bam, he'd bust an 80-yard touchdown. I mean, t- at the end of the day, 89, 84 yards or whatever, it's 84 yards no matter how you get it. I mean, a 67-yard play is great. Sure, you had a couple bad runs to begin with, but, I mean, if you can get that, that explosion play, I mean – who cares how you get to the total as long as you get there? Yeah, exactly. I want to start talking about um, his start. Uh, obviously, he didn't start very hot. Um, had a couple of uh, runs in the the first drive. Uh, second drive, obviously, uh, was cut short very quickly in a safety. Um, and that we want to talk that primarily, I would say, is kind of on Jack Conklin. Um, he kind of got beat off the line and just got bull rushed into DeMarco. Um, but uh, Jack Conklin was praised by Malarkey and uh, Pro Football Focus as having the best game of obviously his two game career so far, but um, said that he was really a key piece in that line this week. Yeah, I mean, you can't expect a rookie to come out day one, day two, and not not make some kind of mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I mean, we saw we saw a couple good contributions from uh, a lot of rookies. Tajay Sharp didn't have a huge game; um, only three catches, like thirty-seven yards, I believe. But um, Jack Conklin, great game, and Kevin Dodd made his first start today and uh, contributed with the sack. He had a couple um, illegal hands to the face penalties, 
Um, but I mean, he'll he'll learn from that. He'll know where to place his hands better and get off the edge. But I mean, he he provided pressure. That's a that's a good start for a rookie in his first start of his career. Yeah, definitely. So um, so we want to I want to look at um, Dmac for the first quarter. Yeah, the first quarter. Um, he has six carries for only nine yards at the after the first drive. And then at the end of the first quarter, after his safety, he has seven carries for four yards, which doesn't look like a great start. But it's not. The, <laughs> yeah. The, well, the one, the one thing that I that caught my eye a lot was that out of all the rushing yards he had and all the attempts, he only had two for a loss of yardage, uh, not counting the safety. Safety. Mm-hmm. So it would only be he had two for minus three yards so he's constantly finding a way to get past the line of scrimmage or make sure that the pl- if the play is even busted make sure the play does not cost them down yeah and i mean like you said cost them uh yards like you said he had the big run he had the big 67 yard run but really uh even kind of like last week where he had the two receiving touchdowns i'm more interested in what he added to the game receiving wise he was our leading receiver Exactly, yeah. Uh, seven receptions for 56 yards, averaging eight yards of reception, which is which is great, right? I'm, that's the kind of spearhead point I wanted to get to about how he is, he is slowly but surely becoming Marcus Mariota's safety blanket. And, I mean, as we're about to get into right now, that's exactly what he was on that game-winning drive. Yeah, um, we were talking before we started, and I think we can both agree that without DeMarco Murray, this drive could not have happened. Yeah, I mean, he had a couple, like, he had a, a handful of plays where he picked up chunk yards or he picked up a first down, and it really kept the drive going. I mean, the Titans are not known <laughs> for driving 92 yards and putting it in the end zone. If anything, yeah. if we're starting on the eight yard line and we're getting points, uh, I would say majority of the time it's by way of a field goal because the drive stalled by penalties or something. <laughs> yeah. Some typical Titan way to end a drive. We were punting. We we turned it over in the red zone. You name it. Anything negative, they found a way to do it. Um, but that was not the case today in what was just an incredibly ugly game by both and by both teams. The Lions, the Lions led the majority of the game, but by no means did they did they play a clean game at all. Um, they should be disappointed yeah. with the way they played, and the Titans shouldn't be using this game as a model to go forward. Yeah, by any means. Um, so, so if we take a brief look at the game-winning drive and uh, Dmac's contributions to this drive, um, we look at really the first three plays: um, first and ten on the seventeen. Um, Demarco rushes for ten yards, so that's solid. First down, nice. Um, first and ten on the 27. Um, Demarco only rushes for a yard, but then on second and nine, he uh, gets a short pass for four yards. So then there's a uh, third down, which uh, Tajay Sharp is kind enough to convert for us, which is great. Um, then we go to the major key point for Demarco Murray in this this uh, drive. So we're looking at third and one on the Tennessee 48. And 
Marcus throws a nice short pass to DeMarco to get him to convert the third down, which is great. And actually, uh, DeMarco is two for two uh, in this game for converting third downs, which is great and really nice consistency there. But then we go to uh, first and ten, the next play on Detroit's 47. Uh, Mariota throws a nice short pass to um, Murray again, and he breaks out for a huge 22-yard gain. Not to mention that there is a well, and there is a penalty on that play, but it was declined. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, great, and then it ended up getting us first and ten on Detroit's 25, and set up a nice, pretty picture for Mariota and uh, <clears throat> Taja Sharp and the rest of the wide receivers, especially Andre Johnson, uh, to uh, get the points on the board. Yeah, uh, I think Terry Bisky did a really good job that drive of calling plays and keeping a nice that, – that drive, unlike literally any of the other drives that during the game, there was a really nice rhythm and flow to the play call, a nice mix of run and pass, getting the running backs involved. And I think Mario did as well did a good job. I mean, all of those passes to Marco weren't just designed. I mean, the 22-yard play was a, effectively a dump-off. It wasn't a screen. Yeah. Um, that's him reading the defense and then just checking down to his running back and then DeMarco um, showing his showing off his ability in space and picking up 22 yards. Um, if you're going to go 92 yards, eventually you're going to need a couple chunk plays like that, uh, which he provided. Um, and then, of course, you know, I mean, the one play I didn't really like, I will say this, was the third and seven. Mariota throws a pass to Tajay Sharp and he catches it for – three yards but I mean it's third and seven and we didn't even throw the ball to the sticks in that moment I was just so angry I was just it was almost as if they were just playing for fourth down which I did not understand yeah and then I've come obviously fourth and four I have zero faith in the Titans converting this play and and that's obviously our Titan losing fandom coming out like oh great fourth and four Lovely, this is going to get intercepted in the end zone and it's going to be game over, right? Uh, yeah. That's exactly I what's going through my head. literally ran so many scenarios through my head of what could possibly happen on that play. None of them were the Titans actually converting it and Yeah, for sure. None of them was were Andre Johnson catching the ball in double coverage for the touchdown and the win. But we've, we've actually got some pretty good audio here of Marcus Mariota breaking down um, the play and kind of how it developed. Um, so let's go ahead and go to that real quick. You know what? They came out of the look that we had uh, kind of anticipated. Um, you know, I, I, looking at it, you know, we had a matchup uh, with Andre on the linebacker, and um, you know, we felt that we could kind of exploit that a little bit. And uh, he made a great play. I just tried to give him a chance, and um, made a huge play. I mean, that guy's a hall of famer. <laughs> you know, it, that's that's an easy choice. Um, you know, you have when a guy's played at the level he's played at for so many years, um, you just kind of have that trust in him. And, um, you know, he's going to make a play for us, and I was happy I did it. A Hall of Famer indeed there. What do you think, Darren? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I I mentioned this earlier when we were talking before the show, and that's that's Andre's only catch. I mean, he, he wasn't a focal point of the offense prior to that one play, but... It just makes sense. Like a fourth and four, goal to go, game on the line. When I think of who the Titans should be targeting in that situation, 
Andre Johnson's a guy. I mean, he's been there and he's made big plays throughout his career. And like Marcus said, the guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, so especially when you're reading the coverage and you see that you got him matched up against a linebacker, I mean, that's a no-brainer. And Yeah, and like you were saying also before we started here, the only other player I would even think about targeting in that situation is Delaney Walker because he has a solid amount of uh, consistency as well. But I think definitely um, Andre Johnson is the obvious favorite and the best choice that they had. Yeah, and I mean, great play. Just absolutely spectacular throw by Marcus. There was that window he threw that ball into was so small. That was literally the perfect throw and a great catch by Andre. I mean, that ball wasn't, I mean, it wasn't put to where only he was getting it. He had to fight for it, but just great job by both players. And like I said, uh, I had no expectation that the Titans were going to win that game. But when they, And even when they made that play, I still had my doubts. Because the week prior, Detroit proved you give them some time left on the clock and they can make a winning drive. Um, and that's really where the defense stepped up. The game was put on their shoulders, and I mean, kind of throughout the whole game, and even last week, they've had this bend but don't break mentality. Um, just really not giving up a lot of touchdowns, but they hadn't really forced any turnovers either. Early in the drive, on the I believe it was actually the first the first play of this drive, you had what looked to be a fumble. Um, NFL's come out today, and the, the refs kind of explained their defensive not calling it a fumble and not being able to review the play. Um, they blew the play dead on momentum. Um, I think it's kind of bogus. It's kind of a cover-your-ass situation, it sounds like. Um, but nonetheless, a few plays later, Parrish Cox, who had just an abysmal game. I was dogging him all game. He had a terrible game. But he came up with a huge play when when it mattered most and we really needed it. So... At the end of the day, I still say he had a bad game, but great play, and the Titans come away victorious. Yeah, you can still have a bad game, but uh, when it's time to come and show, then you can come out and show. Yeah, and we've got a little bit, another audio piece for you of Malarkey in the locker room, and we're going to kind of transition into today's, today's topic for the show, and that's that kind of as we alluded to in the beginning – if this is going to become a winning team, games like this should not surprise you. Games like this should be expected. Not not the style of play, obviously not the ugliness, but grinding out a gutty win late in the fourth quarter should be expected. We should expect to be able to make comebacks, and we should be expected to hold leads. And when the stats are 50-50, we should expect the win to fall in our favor, not the other way around as it has been the past, oh, shoot, four or five years. I don't know. Too long. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and go to Mike Malarkey. Um, he was given the game ball by the players in the locker room. This was his uh, locker room speech. I thought it was really well said and kind of gives me a little bit more confidence in Malarkey as a coach, honestly. Uh, let's hear what he has to say. Hey, man, we got a game ball for Coach. First win, man. Thank you. This is big. This is really big. Let's, let's thank the man upstairs. That's our team. 
That, that's the makeup of our team. Hell yeah. yeah. That that just showed everything we already knew. What we're made of. We can finish games. We can win on the road. We can come back. We can. We can do it all if we stick together like we have. And if we keep working like we are, we keep sticking together. We are capable every week of having a chance to beat the team crossers. I don't care where it's at. Doesn't matter. That was a great win by you guys. I'd like to do one more thing. I'd like to give our GM a game ball too. All right, so that's uh, that's Mike Malarkey in the locker room immediately following the game. I, I love that speech. Him basically saying, that's us. We can grind out these games. I mean, just like he said, we can, we can. And yep. the players seem to be agreeing with them, so hopefully they take this momentum and carry it through the season. Um, try- yeah, I think I like to uh, think of it in his shoes, right? I mean... The pressure that he did, he's under, I mean, let's be honest here. Titans fans aren't the most forgiving set of people. I mean, I feel like we've been we've been through the ringer so many times with um, coaches more recently with Ken Wisenhunt that we, we expect so much of someone. And I mean, if you look at um, Mike Malarkey's um, head coaching record, it is honestly abysmal. I mean, looking at 18 and 39, a 33%, uh, 31% uh, win percentage, I mean, that's less than a third of the games that he plays. So he's got a huge target on his back and a huge amount of stuff that he has to prove to this fan base. And I think this this win is huge for him. I mean, going out there and, like you said, winning a grueling, grueling, ugly, nasty football game and coming out on top of the end is is outstanding for uh, his him in the coaching perspective. I think. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's not he's not dumb. He knows he's on a short lease. Um, he knows he really hasn't. He still has yet to win the job in the fans' eyes. I mean, he might have been given the job by Amy Adams, but the fans still don't really see him as a qualified head coach so he's got some uh, he's got some work to do to prove it to this fan base that he's the guy um, going forward and I mean that's a good start <laughs> like I said uh, to you last night over text message um, for the first time since week two last season the Titans don't have a losing record <laughs> so but um, the Titans as he Margie in his press conference today said this he said they're over the great win, and they're moving forward looking on to Oakland. And that's exactly what the mentality needs to be. Sure, that locker room at that moment needed to be a fun time. That needed to be a celebration time. But once that once the clock strikes midnight and Monday starts, that game's done. That game yep. does not matter anymore. It's time to focus on Oakland. Um, yep. Well, and one of my favorite parts from that little uh, sound that sound clip there is uh, where he said, and let's give a ball, uh, game ball to our GM, John Robinson. I mean, that to me shows that they, they're not only in communication with each other, but they're on sync and they're with the same goals and they want to both, they're both invested in this team and are ready to take it to the next level. I mean, we, this podcast might as well be the John Robinson fan club podcast because I mean, 
as far as we're concerned. The moves that he's made in the offseason and how he's running the team right now is just the best we've seen in a long I time. I mean, yeah, the guy's a the guy's a freaking gangster. He, <laughs> <laughs> like, GM should just stand for gangster manager because the dude's an OG. <laughs> gangster. Uh, yeah, I still remember in the draft him trading up to get Jake Conklin. We were Jack. like, oh, my gosh. Jack Conklin, I apologize. But, uh, yeah, we were so – well, because we wanted him to trade up so bad. And uh, we just – I think I think that the draft pick, us giving our first round, I think it's going to benefit us getting uh, L.A.'s first-round draft pick this year. And I think, it's, I think that move is just going to be nothing but good for yeah, us. Yeah, I was really mad that L.A. won this week, <laughs> especially against the Rams. And when you talk about another ugly game – the Rams beat the Seahawks nine to three. Yeah, that was abysmal. I mean, and Pete Carroll is probably embarrassed of himself. Using using uh, used to play there as obviously uh, USC coming home to a lot of people that are USC fans that were a place where he used to be cheered and celebrated for now is probably getting booed and uh, just so much hate and it's it I it has to be hard to go back to that place and then lose in such a rough terrible game yeah i mean to get in the next part of the show um like i said going forward this shouldn't be a surprise to us and i think this week coming up is a huge it's going to play a huge factor into that i mean just going back to some of the titans previous wins um they've all been immediately followed by a loss so I think if we're really gonna, if this is really the sign of times changing, we need to buck that trend and get at least a small, even if it's only two games. I I think it really needs to be more than two, but it needs to be at least a two-game win streak. Um, one game is not enough. One game means nothing. Even even bad teams can win on occasion in the NFL. I mean, I don't think the Rams are very good this year. They just beat the Seahawks. Uh, I think part of that is that. Seahawks are a divisional opponent, so you know them best. Um, but bad teams can win on any given week. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. The Titans need to prove that this was not a fluke and that this is the sign of times changing in Nashville. Yep. And I mean, I look I look on to the next couple games. I mean, we should we should we should win. We should win this game the versus the Raiders. I mean, then we've got Houston and Miami and then Cleveland. We should destroy Cleveland. I mean, we are favored to beat Cleveland. It says uh, we are 75% chance to win. Yeah, I mean... Which, I mean, for the Titans is outrageous. But the Titans um, have had terrible luck against the Browns recently. Yeah. I, I'm not... Did I, say, I said Ravens, didn't you I? You said Ravens, but I'm not I'm not counting the Browns as a win. <laughs> I'm not... Honestly, I'm a, still... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a freaking Titans fan. I don't count any game as a win. <laughs> like, I'm not a Patriots fan. I can't just look at a team like, yep, W. No. When I, look, yeah. when I look at the schedule every year, I'm like, L, 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 L. L. And then any any game that we actually win, it's just like, oh, cool, we won. Wow. Uh, yeah. Set your expectations low. Today was, I mean, this All week right. was honestly a great week in sports for me. Alabama took that monkey off our back and finally beat Ole Miss. Both of my fantasy teams dominated this week. And the Titans won. 
I honestly don't remember the last time that all happened in one weekend. Yeah, sure. Oh, I Bama mean, wins. I'm the same way. I Bama mean, wins all the time. I obviously dominate in fantasy all the time. But the Titans never win. I mean, I'm the same way, right? I mean, I lost in one fantasy league, I but I didn't play horrible. Well, probably did, but whatever. The other guy just played well. And, you know, Kentucky wins in football. I mean, they play... Uh, New Mexico State, but that's beside the well, point. I mean, yeah, we don't want to. I'm not, I'm not gonna even talk about that game because that was an ugly game. Sure, you won 62 yeah. to 42. They were, yeah, I was like, they were they dominating like for a while. Points. Yeah, you yeah, let New Mexico but, I mean, State put up 42. Come on. Yeah, I mean, but Kentucky wins, Titans win. I mean, it's it's a rare occasion that Trey has a good time in football season. <laughs> so you know, it was it was great. All right, so uh, I guess we can go ahead and look kind of go over an overview of uh, next week's game on Sunday at 1 o'clock. We're playing the Raiders. Yeah, you got Derek Carr, Amari Cooper coming into town. Uh, Latav- you got another another Murray running back, uh, Latavius Murray. Um, their offense has looked pretty good. I mean, they had that really just gutsy win in week one against the Saints where Del Rio decided to go for the win as opposed to settling for overtime. And then this week they... they Come out and they they lose to the Falcons. Who I mean, the Falcons are not revered as a good team this year, so that was that was a surprise loss for them. So they're they're kind of in the opposite boat as the Titans. The Titans kind of come out and get like a surprise victory, and they fall surprisingly. The Raiders have been kind of in the pits, the bottom bottom feeders of the NFL for a while, but uh, many people think that this is their their time to shine and that this young offense they have is uh, all these pieces, Crabtree and Cooper, Derek Carr and Latavius Murray and that defense they have that this is their year to make a playoff run. They've got Khalil Mack. Um, they've got a solid defense and a solid offense. This is not a team to take lightly. Uh, yes, we won. We won the game in the preseason against them at, at Oakland, but preseason is like, points on um, whose line is it anyway. They mean nothing. Yeah, right. Well, a thing that I really want to highlight, um, well, actually two things I really want to highlight is um, the Raiders' defense is is not not that bad on uh, to not allowing rushing yards, but passing yards, they are almost atrocious. I mean, the two games they've allowed, they've already allowed 409 uh, passing yards. And, I mean, if Mar- yeah. I mean, if Mariota and Tajay Sharp get on point, or even even Murray out of the backfield, I mean, we could if uh, Marcus comes to play with his throwing arm, I mean, we could really dominate this team. Yeah, and good news for the Titans. Um, the Raiders, like the Lions, are very susceptible to teams with good tight ends. So um, look for Delaney Walker to have another good game. I mean, they faced. Atlanta, they face Atlanta with Jacob Tammy, who Jacob Tammy is nothing to really write home about. Um, but he had five catches for 75 yards and a touchdown, 18 yeah, fantasy points. Bada bing. Bada bing. Another thing I want to um, address is also uh, our injuries. I mean, uh, Avery Williamson uh, had a injury this past game. I think it was something to his arm. 
Um, also, Derek Morgan's still out as far as right now. Um, Kendall Wright's still out, but obviously uh, Kendall Wright is pretty much a wide receiver four at this point. He's not well, really. I mean, I wouldn't say um, that, but I mean, I think, I think as far as Kendall Wright is concerned, last year he was. We needed him to be the guy, and he wasn't. Yeah, I, I think this year with the emergence of Tajay Sharp and the. I'm not going to say the addition of Andre Johnson because honestly, his only catch was the touchdown catch. Yeah, he came up clutch, but he he was not a focal point in the offense. But now you've got. I mean, also Rashard Matthews. Yeah, you've got right? Delaney Walker, you've got Rashard Matthews who had a good game, you've got Tajay Sharp who's an up and coming rookie that's proving that he can be a star in this league. So you don't need Kendall Wright to be a number one wide receiver, which he isn't. Kendall Wright doesn't want to admit this, but he's a slot receiver. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Some guys are just. I mean, there's. I think he takes it as a slight when you say he's a slot receiver. But, I mean, that's fine. It's just he's physically, like, physically he's not built to be a number one wide receiver in this league. But he he has potential to be a great slot receiver, which is what the Titans need him to be. They don't need him to be a world beater. We just need him to run yeah. across the middle and catch the ball. Yeah, and, I, and uh, to, to add on what you were talking about, um, I think it takes a lot of weight off of his shoulders, right? I mean, because last year he was he was very clearly expected to be the guy, and he very clearly was not. But now he's got all this other talent around him that um, it's the expectations are kind of spread out evenly. So if he does have a bad game or he doesn't perform as well, it's not going to be, I feel, as much of a... Um, slight towards him as it is to the offense and as a whole. Yeah, I think John Robinson and the moves we made in the offseason, um, we've done enough to where there's really, like you said, there's really no one player where the responsibility lies on. It's pretty much spread evenly. I mean, you've got, like, I mean, we just ran down the list and when we left off a couple guys. I mean, you've got, you've got Delaney Walker, you've got DeMarco and Derek Henry in the backfield. Um, wide receiver-wise, you've got Rashard Matthews, You've got Tajay Sharp. Harry Douglas has shown that he can make plays. And, I mean, we haven't even had Kendall Wright yet, so it'll be interesting to see what this offense is like if Kendall Wright's in it. But he's got to stay healthy. And I think, honestly, I think his work his work ethic needs to be in question at this point. I think he came into training camp not conditioned well enough, and that led to his injuries. Um, and I really don't think he's really busting it to get back. Um I don't. I don't know if Kendall Wright is one hundred percent in on this team, and I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too upset about it if he wasn't on this team next year. Yeah, I, I can. I can relate to that. Um, I do feel like, um, as far as injuries go, with Avery Williamson and Derek Morgan obviously going to be missed on the defense. Um, well, Avery Williamson isn't out yet he's still listed as questionable but um if without both of those guys our defense is definitely going to be missing them but uh, we didn't play with Derek Morgan last week and we still played a halfway yeah, yeah Kevin Kevin Dodd so. filled in well and Derek Morgan actually is expected to return to practice um on Wednesday so they're going to see how he progresses through the week um, so hopefully we have Derek Morgan back on Sunday, but if not, Kevin, I mean, like I said, Kevin Dodd had a great first, uh, first start as a rookie. So, um, that's kind of, he kind of got thrown into the fire a little bit, but I mean, that's good experience and he responded well. So, um, Derek Morgan's obviously a, a 
key guy on that defense that we need. But the defense to this point, I think, has proved pretty much what the opposite of the preseason showed. Um, if you, like I said, preseason is like points on whose line is it anyway. It doesn't matter because yeah, if you go off, if you're going off the preseason, the defense didn't look very good. The defense played bad in almost every game, but the offense looked like we were going to come out and drop 30 points a game. When is the season's now started? The offense has kind of spun their tires a little bit, um, and the defense has pretty much held it together. They've only allowed one touchdown. Yeah, definitely playing very, um, very well uh, considering um, defenses that we're used to. Um, I, I really think, honestly, um, the Dick LeBeau hire was one of the best things we've done um, in a, as a franchise in a long time. Um, bringing uh bringing our defense together and actually making us a defense that you just don't look over i mean especially in fantasy we can we can be a uh sleeper uh defense there yeah i'm still not to the point where i'm really relying on any titans players in fantasy i've got Tajay sharp sitting (laughs) on my bench um i think unless you have demarco or delaney walker you really have no business having a titan on your team (laughs) Yeah, maybe in a super deep league, you're playing uh, Mariota. Yeah, I mean, even... But other than that... Even still, I mean, Mariota's improving. Um, I'm very optimistic. I think he's the guy. He's still got some work to do. Uh, But I think that pretty much does it for the show today. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Again, my name's Darren Hobbs. Uh, Trey Watson alongside me. We hope you guys can go and check us out on Twitter. Follow us at FTNB Podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys in the nosebleeds next week.